Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, whether you ride, drive a plane, a car, a ute, a bus, a truck, or a motorbike, there is a dash cam out there for you. Did I say plane? Maybe not a plane, but literally anything that you are driving on the road or riding on the road, there is a dash cam for you. And a front and rear dash cam is absolutely always important. And you can get all of these things from Navman. Now, the reason I say that is because a friend of mine has recently tested the motorbike version of the Navman dash cams. It's the MyView M760D. Uh, it's an incredible dash cam, especially something so discreet that sits on the front and the back of the motorcycle, really making sure that you have eyes on the front and back of your head, making sure it's recording everything that happens from the moment you start that bike and start to head off on your adventure. But also for traders out there, there is dash cams out there for you that are specifically, again, tailored just to your unique situation where the rear camera can be attached to the rear tray or to the rear tray um, shelf just behind the window. You choose where you would like to put it and it's strong enough to make sure it you know, withstands all those things. When you throw the tools in the back, if you hit the camera, it's going to be okay. There is a huge range of dash cams from Navman and I really do, as I always say, every episode of, the, of, the, of this show, please check out the entire range. Have a look at the footage from, um, you know, it's what you see on YouTube or Facebook, whether it's Dash Cams Australia or otherwise. You'll know. You'll know when you see a good dash cam because you can see the detail. You can see the color. You can see the make and model of the vehicle, the number plate, um, the pedestrians on the side of the road, those kinds of details, the things that really matter to tell a story because anyone can you know, record moving objects going around. But when you need to tell a story, that's when good quality cameras matter. And that's where Navman certainly does shine. Head to navman.com.au, check out their entire range. And if you always have, or if you ever have any questions, please reach out. You can always reach me at Jeff Quattromani. Let's go with the show. Rasembrasma Jeff Quattromani, multi-Australian in Sydney. Tech expert Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani, thank you very much from Sydney. Jeff Quattromani is here. And now it's time to talk technology with Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani. Hello everybody, thanks for tuning in. What the heck? Let's talk tech. And good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever it is that you are listening to this show. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Australia's number one technology podcast, Where in the World would you rather be? Now, today we have cracked a can of Drinkwest. It's a new kind of beer, and it's from my end of the world. Uh, Drinkwest is brewed out of Penrith. And uh, I picked up some of this the other day. I stumbled upon them as I was uh, in Penrith, and I saw this sign for a place that sells uh, meats, smoked meats, and beer. Now, that sounds pretty perfect to me. Anyway, Drinkwest, apparently it's owned by some footballer and a UFC guy. I'm sure I'll find out more about the brand as I uh, probably go back there and buy some more. This is their Pale Ale. I really think it's fantastic. A four-pack will set you back around 20 bucks. It's maybe not the cheapest beer on the planet, but certainly a nice treat. It's, uh, it's lovely. And knowing that it comes from not far from where I live, kind of happy about that. The old Penrith serving a whole new thing. And it's not just me having to go to Penrith to get Krispy Kreme donuts like I did when I was younger. Now I can go there and get a beer and some smoked meats, which is pretty good. Now, today on the show, you can probably guess, well, maybe you can't guess. How would you actually know? Uh, but we're going to talk about a couple of things. One, Apple, iPhone 15 coming up, new AirPods coming out. Uh, there's some really strong rumors about both of those things. So if you're in the market for either of those kind of devices, stay tuned for that. How about a submarine simulator? Ever wanted to go on one of those? Not like what just happened recently, but a uh, one that doesn't implode. Then there's also a new chatbot that is giving scammers a real run. And I'm loving this. It's coming out of Sydney, and I'll tell you more about that. But we are going to talk about probably the biggest news of the week, which is Threads. Threads is 
the new competitor to Twitter. It's run by Instagram. And honestly, this is the Zuckerberg versus Musk fight that we didn't know was coming. And I cannot wait to tell you a bit more about that. Let's get on with the show because there's a lot to get through. Now, first of all, let's jump into Apple because I know that a few of you do listen from an iPhone or do listen through uh, Apple Podcasts. And if you do, by the way, make sure you leave a review at some point. You know, the Apple Podcasts app, you can leave a review, one star, five stars. It's entirely up to you. Now, the iPhone 15 will be expected in September. We know that. It's kind of the month that happens every year. Uh, Apple do announce a new iPhone in that period. Now, there have been a huge amount of rumors. We've spoken about the USB-C uh, charging connection, which we expect will happen. Uh, that's probably the one thing that we can probably say is pretty certain to happen in September, that that will probably happen. But the big thing that I didn't potentially expect is that little switch. That little switch that you normally toggle to put your phone on silent. Now, I don't know anyone except for serial killers who would leave their phone on loud. But to me, that switch has become redundant as everybody has their phone on silent. No one cares about your ringtone anymore. Um, or the, what was that frog one? You know, the, the frog ringtone that everyone used to have for a period? Crazy frog. People even paid money to download that once upon a time. Anyway, so there was this switch that's on the iPhone. That is going to change. One of the rumors here is that we're going to see an action button. Now, the action button first appeared on the Apple Watch Ultra. Uh, it's a separate button that basically allows you to customize its use or for that button to change its use based on the app that you're in. Now, this is fantastic because the button could still be used to toggle your phone from loud to silent, but it could also have other features as well, maybe turning on the flashlight, activating low power mode, do not disturb, or maybe when you're in an app, what could it be? Could it be a camera button? Could it be like a little camera trigger when you're using your iPhone? Trust me, older people would love that instead of tapping on the screen. So the action button is something that we're actually probably going to see in place of that switch. The other thing that I was reading about this week is that we may see this phone come to Australia without a SIM card tray. Now, that may sound unusual, but imagine it this way. That's one less slot that goes into the phone. That's more space for anything else that Apple wants to consume within the device. And it means that you would be using an eSIM exclusively. So an eSIM for that phone. Now, with this said, the iPhone 14 in the United States is available as an eSIM only model. It didn't come to Australia, but now that it's been one year, you would say a lot of local telcos have been part of a discussion with Apple to enable this as an eSIM only device. And I think that may actually be accurate. I think it might be the right time for Apple to come to Australia and not just to upset the charging game, but to upset the SIM card makers. Imagine if you were in the business of making SIM cards, probably a bit wobbly right now. So if they do go eSIM only, that would be a great change in terms of you buy your iPhone, you get the QR code, you scan it, bang, your SIM card has been transferred and away you go. It could be a really good thing. The only challenge that would present is that at the moment you have a physical SIM tray and it does already support eSIM. Now, the good part about having eSIM support is that you could have your local SIM card in your device. And when you go overseas, you can add an eSIM to your phone and carry on without actually having to do anything. It actually also means that you can toggle between one and the other when you're traveling and when you're at home. If it only supports eSIM, you're at a bit of a disadvantage there. However, here's the other piece. There is a chance that eSIM could be split with multiple eSIM support available on a device like this. And if they did that, that would also be a huge advantage for anyone who travels out of the country. So beyond those things, there are the other obvious expectations. The A17 chip. Um, a better looking bezel, as in thinner, uh, Wi-Fi 6E. That was a surprising omission 
uh, from the last model, not to have faster Wi-Fi chip built in, but that would be expected. Uh, the other part is a better camera. Now that would be a natural expectation as well. However, the uh, Pro version is expected at least this time to have a increased optical zoom. And that needs to happen because all of their competitors are outperforming them in that area. And honestly, the photos that their competitors take these days have started to outshine uh, what iPhone can achieve. So it is a good time for this start to start happening. I just think that those particular things that we've just mentioned are going to really set it apart and are probably going to be the things that we talk about when it gets launched. Yes, the camera is always exciting, but no one talks about that at launch time. It'll be that charger's connected, that the charger's gone, no more SIM cards, and potentially, um, you know, those other performance features that they might add. But let's wait and see what happens with that. Again, if you're in the market for a new phone, it's July. And you, if you're after an iPhone, I'd, I'd advise you just to wait. Um, I think it's important to wait and have the latest model when you possibly can. And, you know, three months out from September, if I'm doing my maths correctly, uh, I just wait if you can do that. Now, the AirPods, however, uh, most people can usually wait for things like this. But the AirPods is going to be interesting because this year there's a couple of rumors. Now, first of all, Apple will have to comply with the EU on also making the AirPods connection USB-C. So expect that to happen out of the gate as well. A new pair of AirPods in September announced with USB-C charging. That's probably a fair assumption or expectation. But what we didn't probably expect is that the AirPods may do something else beyond just put music and voice into your ears. They may start to look at your hearing health and body temperature and potentially tracking your heart rate. Now, different sensors can, can go into a pair of headphones and we've seen it done in the past. I remember maybe seven years ago, I'm saying seven with a big S, um, about seven years ago, Jabra had a pair of earphones. They were Bluetooth, they were wireless, and inside those earphones was a heart rate sensor, and it used to also count your steps. And maybe it didn't actually really count your steps. I think it was using your phone to really you know, look at distance and make up a number, but it had a heart rate sensor built in so that as you were running, you could actually get notifications in your ear about whether your heart rate is too high, whether you're in the right training zone, whether you're too relaxed, not pushing hard enough. And then it would also give you feedback about the distance that you've been covering if you were going for a run. There's a pretty good chance that, you know, seven years later, Apple may do some innovation and actually add something like that into their headphones as well. Now, this would be amazing for a couple of reasons. First of all, let's go to the first, the first thing I said, hearing health. If Apple can get to a point where the AirPods are advanced enough that they start to impact the hearing aids market, that would be significant. Now, I've already seen in accessibility features how your AirPods can be used to help you hear and listen better in environments. For those who are hard of hearing, but not necessarily to the point they need a hearing aid, uh, AirPods have been shown to have amazing capabilities to improve your listening abilities um, with the accessibility features. They may take that further and try and actually combat the need or the necessity for a hearing aid in the first place just by having AirPods. That changes the game in terms of what makes a medical device or a consumer device. There is some discussion around that, but let's see what happens there. Body temperature is, again, an exciting one because while you're working out, body temperature goes up. What a great place to actually have that sensor where you are generating a lot of heat, where you probably feel it the most. I think that will be a very interesting thing to see. You know, actually measuring that will be more effective than if you're using an Apple Watch or anything like that because that's the right spot. You're not com combating with, um, with hair on your wrist or sweat down your wrist. 
actually coming into your ears and measuring the temperature in that spot, like where the doctor puts the little temperature um, gun when they want to take that, that reading in your ear hole. So why not have it on your AirPods as well? So a lot of things to probably be excited about. I do think if they do the heart rate thing for those who are exercise enthusiasts, they'll love it. The big challenge is going to be battery life. With all these extra functions that these little buds have to do, uh, where do you put the, bat- the bigger battery? Or do you have a smaller listening time? Hopefully it's a feature you can turn off and on because if you're just sitting on a train, who cares what your heart rate is um, or what my body temperature is? I mean, I'm not that worried. So hopefully it's something that you can say, I'm exercising, give me the, the full bells and whistles, or I'm just sitting on the couch on a phone call. Don't worry about my heart rate. I might just be a bit excited about who I'm talking to. Simple as that. Now, I want to also move, in, move away from Apple. That's 12 minutes almost of Apple. But how about this? There is a new game. Well, I guess it's a game. And it's called, I want to get the name right, U-Boat, The Silent Wolf. It's a submarine simulator for VR headsets. Now, I don't know why this was literally announced a week after the whole drama that happened just outside the Titanic. However, this is an exciting game. And I think we've always been looking for VR to have its moment. Uh, When is VR going to have a compelling reason to go and play it? I love the idea of simulators. I love farming simulator. I think it's one of the greatest games. I love um, flight simulator. I think it's also fantastic. Flight simulator would be a really good example for VR, but submarine VR is very cool as well. And the reason it works is because you're already in a confined space. Just like in VR, you necessarily, you aren't necessarily able to walk around too far. So a confined confined space in a submarine means that you don't have to physically walk around in a virtual world. So this is a fun idea. What is interesting is that it is set around World War II, meaning that it can surface, meaning it can shoot uh, overhead planes, or you can then submerge and shoot um, torpedoes and things like that. So I think it's a really, really cool idea. It's something I do want to check out. It's um, It's on PC VR and MetaQuest 2. I probably need to get myself a MetaQuest 2 or a Quest Pro, but we'll wait and see what happens. But I think if you've got a VR headset and you've already got um, one of these two that I just mentioned, maybe check it out. U-Boat, the Silent Wolf, and uh, maybe we can be working on a submarine together. And there's actually a pretty cool thing on the submarine itself. You can pick up darts and there's a dartboard because, hey, you're not always engaged in battle when you're on a sub. So you can just play on the dartboard. You can turn some dials. You can do the periscope thing. Like it looks pretty, pretty awesome. Just don't implode at all. Now, chatbots. Chatbots are exciting for a couple of reasons. And here is the best one. Here is literally the best reason I've ever seen for a chatbot. Australia's Macquarie University, not far from my normal office if I go go in, have developed a chatbot that is only been created to upset scammers. It will impersonate a human and it will sit on a scam phone call for as long as possible to waste their time. This chatbot has been developed to honeypot scammers. They've effectively been sprinkling mobile numbers across forums, across the internet, in hope that scammers will pick up that number and try and call them, try and you know, poach them out of money just like they have been doing to millions of Australians for many years. The difference is, is that this scam bot is designed to play along, to talk to them, to engage, to try and follow their commands and really keep that person from whatever country they are on the line. Because guess what? The more time that scammers are spent talking to this chatbot, the less time they're speaking to real Australians and you know, screwing them out of some money. So 
they continue to train this chatbot. They continue to educate it. They're already up to about the five minute mark when it comes to um, handling scam calls. Five minutes is pretty good. I think the only time I've ever entertained a scammer, I only got maybe a two minutes in before they figured out what was going on and they hung up. So if they can actually get to the 40 minute mark, I'll be very, very impressed. But also, how can I help? I need to reach out to these guys and think, what do you need? I just want to, I want to listen to one of these calls. I want to understand uh, what messaging they're putting into it. I'd love to find a recording of this so that obviously you can hear this, but just so I can, I'd love to hear where it starts to not work, where where the scammers start to think, no, there's something not right here. And they hang up. I just think it's brilliant. So yes, whether it's one minute, 10 minutes, or if they get to that 40 minute um, achievement, congrats. I just think it's a brilliant idea. We need more of this. And um, yeah, what a great use of, of AI and chat GPT style technology. It's a brilliant idea. So kudos to the Macquarie University uh, just down the road from, from my office. Now, after this, let's talk about threads. I'm going to pull a little, little bit of that thread and see what we can find, but it's, it's exciting. Though. Now, it has been a week in social media and, and a very exciting week in social media for a couple of reasons. One, it started off a little bit frustrating. The old Elon Musk who bought Twitter and kudos to him for doing it. Why not? If you can afford it and you want to have a toy to play with, kudos to you. The problem is, is that when, when Elon Musk bought Twitter, he promised a lot of change and a lot of it was actually quite good. And then he had to really have this focus on making money. And I get that. So took away the blue ticks. If you wanted one, you had to pay for it and you got some new features. No worries. But then they started to make a couple of changes this week that really started to irk a lot of people, and I'd be one of them. And one of them is that he had what they call a rate limit on tweets, meaning if I had Twitter open all day and I was viewing too many tweets in an hour, it would cut you out because you've hit your limit of tweets that you've viewed. Now, to me, that was the whole point of Twitter was being able to have something that I could glance at at any point in the day and get breaking news, hear what's happening, get a bit of a sense check of the day and carry on. Um, It's not something I would always check on my phone. It was usually a second tab or something like that on a browser that I would flick to and just go, oh, okay. Like I remember when Michael Jackson died. I remember when, um, uh, what's his name? Osama bin Laden was invaded and, and killed. All those, like a lot of major events, but when most mostly deaths, but a lot of major events, I heard about it first on Twitter. You know, someone who would say breaking and this happened, or there was a picture that was released or something. News breaks on Twitter first. And the only way you know that is if you've got it open all day, not because you've checked it at lunchtime and then again when you've gone home. And for him to put that thing in place really irked me because it meant I couldn't have, I couldn't treat Twitter anymore like a ticker tape. It was just something that I had to check periodically. And I think that missed the point of what Twitter was actually built for. And maybe that's just something he disagrees with. He did say, however, that the reason he did that was because they thought that Twitter was being scraped or harvested by AI tools and others and just harvesting data. And that was obviously probably causing a performance impact to to Twitter. But as a result, the only way to address bots scraping um, tweets from Twitter is to actually implement a rate limit like that, which would prevent scraping from occurring. So anyway, a bit unfortunate. And it meant my usage of Twitter dropped significantly because I could check it in the morning, I'd be rate limited. And then maybe at lunchtime, it would let me back in. So it was really weird that you could have a Twitter account, but not see any tweets. What a dumb idea. Anyway, 
Then Instagram, old Instagram, decides to come to the rescue. And there was a couple of things going on here. Uh, one, there started to be rumors about it that there was a, um, a new mini site called threads.net brought out. Um, there were some things saying coming soon. I had an invitation from, from Meta to attend a press briefing. Um, and you started to think, okay, something really exciting is about to happen. And then it did. Uh, Zucks decided to come out and just let everyone know that Threads is a new social media platform that is really a text-only version or similar type text-only version of Instagram. Now, being an Instagram app and not a Facebook app, I think was a very smart move by, um, by Zucks to do that because it's more linked to an app that I think people love more than, than Facebook. I think Facebook has its audience, but it has more of a community and family audience where it's a good place to keep up with your neighborhood. It's a good place to keep up with the marketplace um, and just to scroll through when you don't care about time. But Instagram is a bit more of an, there's more engagement happening on Instagram. There's a little bit more joy coming out of Instagram. It's where you follow people that you don't necessarily know um, compared to Facebook, where it's usually people you know. So to compete with Twitter, it needed to have that level of connection. And it made a lot of sense of, of what they did there. So it's called Threads. You can download it now. Um, you can head to threads.net and you can scan the QR code for the iOS or Android app. Uh, and, we, and that's a good thing because I think when it was first started to leak out, there was only an iOS app. And just before launch, they made the uh, Android one available. I've jumped on and, and I can't tell you how simple it has been to obviously get on board. It uses your Instagram account to, to help you register. It allows you to immediately follow anyone on Instagram that you are connected with and is also on threads. So again, helps you instantly build the audience of what you want to follow. Now, in saying that, you can skip that step so that if you are more interested in following people that you cared about on Twitter but didn't care about on Instagram, you can do that. What you can't do, and I would love, to, I would be so sneaky if Zucks did this, is if there was a way of connecting your Twitter account to threads so that you could automatically find those people that you were following on Twitter. That doesn't exist for natural, <laughs> obvious reasons. And it has astounded me how fast this platform has already grown. Now, to give you some context very quickly around uh, what Threads is, it allows you to post uh, up to 500 characters long uh, threads. I don't think we can call them tweets. We have to call them threads. Uh, and it can include a link. It can include photos. It can include videos up to five minutes in length. And then you can actually post your threads uh, to an Instagram story or share your post as a link to any other platform you, you choose as well. So the first time I posted something on threads, I then shared it to my Instagram story and that actually comes across really glossy and nicely integrated. So you can see why naturally this has grown so fast so quickly. Um, there was a, a thread from, from Zucks earlier today before I recorded that he's hit 10 million users on the platform in the first seven hours. That is growth. That is, I mean, 10 million um, across 100 countries where it's launched in so far is not necessarily as much as what Instagram has or Twitter has or whatever, but that is significant growth in a short period of time. Um, so that's very impressive to see. People are running to it. I know that when Twitter was first acquired by, by Musk, there was people saying, that's it, I'm leaving. I'm going to go to join Mastodon. And everyone's like, what's Mastodon? Like, don't worry, we're all going to go there. It's a party. And I think the whole platform of Mastodon has less than a million users. So um, no one's there. No one's there. If anyone says that they're there, they're not. They don't check it. They just wanted to say that they did. It's like moving to Canada when Trump was elected. No one did it. Everyone just stayed where they liked. Now, I, with, with all of this said, I will probably still have Twitter for a strong period of time. 
I can tell you that I've checked it a lot less today. And it made me wonder whether after Threads was announced, has Elon Musk removed the rate setting? Because when I'm scrolling through it today, not once has it actually kicked me out. So I think quietly he's gone, oh no, this is bad. And he's actually already removed that rate limit, meaning that I've been able to scroll Twitter pretty much all day. Although pretty much every, um, every single tweet that I've been looking at is people saying, I'm registered on threads, go and follow me here. That's probably enough. The other thing, what's been trending on Twitter all day is threads. It's been trending all day. So um, Elon Musk has probably noticed the situation. I think he understands that something may be happening. And at some point, maybe he'll even get a, a threads account as well. So what's my message to you about this one? Get it. If you already got an Instagram account, it couldn't be simpler. Like it's so easy to, to get on board. Um, I do think that it's going to be a, actually a strong challenger to Twitter um, unless Elon starts to sort of make some beneficial changes that actually help the users and not just the bottom line. I think this is going to be a fascinating play. You know, Musk and, uh, and Zucks were talking about one day having a, a cage match or a UFC fight. I think this is actually the match that, that Zucks was talking about. It's going head to head on really a, a competing platform because when you scroll through it and, you know, if you go online and have a look at this, you can heart a, a thread, you can comment on a thread, you can retweet and you can forward. So pretty much the same functions are there. I think they probably should have renamed some of them. Um, you know, it should be called a rethread. I mean, of course it should be called a rethread. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of great little puns that they could have thrown into this that make it more exciting. But anyway, it's called threads. If you were Instagram verified, you will be uh, threads verified. I've noticed a lot of those blue ticks appearing. Um, don't forget you can pay for Instagram verification if that's something that you're into. And I guess that would then subsequently allow you a threads uh, blue tick. So anyone can have a blue tick on threads if you so wanted it. Otherwise, I can tell you that the home feed at the moment is a bit of a mixed bag. It's people that you follow. It's people that they think you might be interested in. And it's also just a lot of people who are verified. So yes, at some point there'll be ads in that stream as well. Uh, I think they'll just have to work out a nice and neat way of them uh, showing all of that and doing all of that. And I actually hope that we get to a point where you can choose between just who you follow and the, the mishmash because Twitter has that, that algorithm at the moment where they have the for you and the following uh, stream. I only care about those that I follow. If I, otherwise, those people I follow can retweet something interesting into my feed, but I don't want to just see people's threads or tweets just thrown at me if I don't follow them. Um, if it's been brought in by someone I do follow, that's different. We may already understand each other, but I hope that does change. Otherwise, it's a good day one. It's a very good day one product, and I haven't seen any real bugs or glitches with it at the moment. It's just a fascinating idea. So if you're on threads, you can hit me up. You'll find me. Um, if you type in Jeff Quattromani, I'm probably still the only one on the planet. And, uh, and let's, let's chat on threads. Let's have a conversation. You'll hear about this podcast being published every week on threads as well as on Twitter now. Uh, I won't just be tweeting about it there. I'll be threading or whatever it's called. Uh, we'll run the needle right through it and we'll figure out what we do there. So it's fun. It's fun. And you've been great. So thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. I'll see you on threads. I'll see you on Twitter. I'll see you on Facebook. I'll see you on Instagram. I'll see you wherever there's a social media platform. And if you have any questions, you can reach out on any of those platforms at any time. Until then, I'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>